You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. Uh, if you'd like to call in, sorry, <laughs> settings are always messed up and I got to do it. As I'm doing the intro, if you'd like to call in, you can call in at 608-501-0718. Leave a message and we will uh, get to it freaking eventually. Um, new callers do go to the direct, uh, directly to the front of the line, but I don't see any new callers, so we're going to pick up where we left off. The question, though, is do we pick up with cheese ball? I don't think so, because I think if we start with cheese balling, I'm going to lose half the listeners. But I don't know, maybe some people love cheese balling. And I just hear the few people that complain about cheese balling. I don't know. I'm not sure. But we're not going to start with cheese balling. We're going to start with Mike. Hey, Ryan. I'm listening to your podcast right now. You guys are talking about uh, who would make a good WWE uh, promo guy. I think you're missing the obvious one, Jamal Williams. I think he'd make a great promo guy. Yeah, he'd be smiling, but I think he'd have a good time with it. All right, later. Yeah, I think so. Um, again, I'm I'm trying to think of... I haven't watched it in a while, and it does seem like it's getting a little bit more clownish. Even though it was always a little bit clownish, there was some sense of at least trying to pretend to be like a real thing. But like with the whole Pat McAfee thing and everything else, it just it seems like the attempt to put up that facade of like, oh no, it's real, is just completely all the way down, you know? That's how it feels anyways to me. So, yeah, maybe you get Jamal in there just clowning and whatever, and it would be he puts his little bandana and Hakaru Chaparu or whatever nonsense he's speaking. Yeah, maybe that would be a, a thing. I don't know. I don't watch that stuff, but maybe. Right. Uh, Nathan here from London. Hey. Um, the thought on this Aaron Rodgers situation, um, as you were kind of flipping back and forth between your emotions, you know what it reminds me of? I know you're a fan of The Office. You know when um goes to Roy's wedding with Jim and when Pam and Roy are together, he's like this bum who's really lazy, bit of a, you know, bit overweight, doesn't really try, doesn't make an effort, and then she goes to his wedding and suddenly like he's trim, you know, he's rich, he's made the effort to like like he like learns the piano and sings right. to her and just generally this well-rounded, decent guy. <laughs> and Pam's you know, like, no, you know, it's fine. It's great based on all this. You know, it's, it's that feeling. Yeah, it's, that's very true. That's kind of what I'm getting. That's how, and that's how I feel too, you know. Love Rogers, you know, I'm, as you can tell from my accent, I'm not American. As soon as I started supporting the Packers, Rogers was the first quarterback. So he's the only one I've known. Um, but yeah, it does leave a little bit of a sour taste. I'm, I'm happy for him. But it's kind of annoying, you know. It's just, yeah, it's like seeing your ex on social media and it's got all amazing all of a sudden. But, you know, if he could have a good season, him and Cobb, or the Jets, just suck. That would be perfect. That would be, that would be ideal. We get the draft pick and maybe he can start sulking again and they can experience, you know, true, the true Aaron Rodgers 
Um, after using Aaron Rodgers, you know, I won't I won't besmirch his name too much because you know he's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that was all I had to say. So, uh, good day to you, sir. Have a good one. Yeah, you had Roy, who was um, he wanted to. I think he wanted hot dogs for their wedding, and um, he was just he was just an a terrible boyfriend. He the the uh, what was it the uh, what I can't even think of what it's called. The engagement lasted years and years and years, and then it, it, the whole thing was just a joke, right? There was that apparently on the first date he uh, took her and took her along with him and his brother to a hockey game, and then the two of them left without her. They forgot about her. That's who Roy was. And then they go to Roy's wedding, and it's, like, beautiful, outdoor, catered by these guys with white gloves springing around mimosas and whatnot. And, yeah, he started a, his own company. He's got a bunch of money. He learned to play the piano. So, yeah, there's that conflicted feeling between, like, look, I'm genuinely happy for you, and this is great. And it's a good thing for you and for your new wife and all that. Like, I, I don't want to say that I don't want you to be happy. But there is still an element of, screw you, you D-bag, who treated me like garbage for all those years. And then you meet somebody else and you act like that. And there is a little bit of a conflict there. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Uh, I'm calling about the After Dark episode that just came out where you did ASMR. Never sure. do that again. Okay. Never, never do that again. All right. I just I thought maybe I was trying to take a, uh, thought maybe yeah. you'd like it or something. Yeah, we all fumbled okay. going on over here. Hold all on. Right. Whew, never, never do that again. Get you a little hot and bothered over never. there, or what? I'm out here trying to take a drink of water, <laughs> <laughs> and I hear you crumpling, uh, crumpling up something. Yeah. And you're just whispering. You're like, hey, uh, I want to eat something. And I'm just sitting here like. Am I about to die? <laughs> like, yeah, you have a good voice for radio. You got a good radio voice, but not a good ASMR voice. What? I, I felt scared. I was in danger. Is that a thing? I had to look around me just to make sure I'm not about to get like chloroformed, kidnapped. <laughs> I would never do that again. Bye. Oh, I didn't know you needed a specific voice for that. I mean, I guess it's usually like ladies right who have like soft spoken voice and maybe like guys with like softer voice i don't know i don't know maybe i just sound like a serial killer sometimes so well uh that's slightly disappointing i thought i i thought i had something there with that and um i will not crinkle things into my microphone anymore so thanks for crushing my dreams hey calling in because i heard the segment from the thomas austin show on packing it after dark yeah and uh, about the movie, and yeah, you're right. It's uh, it is definitely the Green Mile. Ew. Uh John Coffey is the guy who gets executed. Since you, you didn't uh, you didn't know his name, but um, I love that movie. But that is apparently considered a problematic movie for uh, for the the current culture. Why is that? Um, I guess it's like the the magical black guy who comes in and saves everybody's problems with his superpowers. Um, why would that be problematic? I guess that's a that's a negative a negative way to uh, be painted these days. So, I... okay. Um, yeah, but yeah, I love that movie. Regardless of how it's viewed these days, it is fantastic, and it will bring you to tears. So uh, go back up. Very good. Very confused on why that would be problematic. Um... Magical black guy that fixes your problems is a is it the magic part or is it the black guy part or is it like when you combine them and then they f he fixes stuff? I haven't seen the movie in a while. Maybe there's some parts in there, but I I'm uh, okay. All right, problematic. That that one we can't watch that one anymore. Apparently, you know how. Everybody likes to work with what if. Sure. Especially in football. What if the Packers got this? What if the Bears got that? Mm. What if I'm just using that MC at this point? Anyway, sure, I get it. With it. A lot yeah, of people they like to use are. what if. Yes. To either explain why they're right, or explain why you're wrong, mm -hmm. or just to kind of like be like, oh, hey, what if the Packers didn't get Kevin King and instead got? Well, I don't need to go that far. Sure. You you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, we get it. Regardless, 
when it comes to what if, let me ask the people this. And I know that no big head listened to this, but here's a what if for What if the Packers traded up last year and got Christian Watson in the first round? Would people be praising the Packers that they finally got their first round wide receiver? Would they be, would everybody be just in total adulation for it? Or would it be like, oh, well, you know, the Packers, they got them in the later round one. <laughs> so obviously they're not really invested. Because once again, I just feel like, especially when it comes to the Packers, you're damned if you do, damned yeah. if you don't. That's how it feels, that's for sure. And it's just, I, I think that a lot of times that's with the fans. And I'm glad to hear that we're, people are starting to come around to this draft class, and even though some people are still down on it, it doesn't make sense to them. Why would they do this instead of that? Uh, it's just it's so crazy to me. I don't... Why, why do you think that is? How some teams, they can get praised for doing what they do year in, year out. Yay, they drafted great, and then they suck. But then next year, yay, they drafted great, and then they suck. And some people, they're just all the time good, and they don't really, like, make splash decisions in draft, like uh, Patriots for a long time. They would just build onto their team, and no one would be like, well, what? They didn't, they didn't pick the top guy? They didn't go after this or that? They, they made their team better? How dare they? Why is it only the Packers? Yeah, I don't know. Why? <laughs> Boggles my head a little bit. All right, bye. Yeah, the only thing I could think is narratives. I mean, what, one of the things that always comes up with all of these things is nobody, again, it's a context thing, right? Look at all the misses for, for Brian Gutekunst. Like, well, how many do you think is acceptable? Because apparently sometimes it's zero. You know, we're not dealing with anything that um, is is just fair. Like, what 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 should be the standard, right? That's why my favorite thing to do with people like that most of the time is to say, okay, give me your favorite GM. And then once they tell me their favorite GM, I go find all the misses, right? So the Packers haven't drafted a um, receiver in the first round in a very long time, and that's problematic. Okay. Um, wh- how often do the top teams draft wide receivers in the first round? Does anybody know? Does anybody bother to look it up? Let me ask you this question. When was the last time the Kansas City Chiefs have drafted a wide receiver in the first round? How many first-round wide receivers have contributed to the Chiefs' success? Do you know either of those questions? Anybody? The last time they drafted a receiver in the first round was 2011. It was Jonathan Baldwin. I'm pretty sure Jonathan Baldwin had nothing to do with their success in these Super Bowls. And if you're thinking to yourself, well, duh, idiot. They had Tyreek Hill and the freaking tight end guy. So, duh. Yes, exactly. And that's what I've been saying this whole time about Devontae Adams. They had Devontae Adams. That might have something to do with it. How about the Buffalo Bills? That's another really good team. When was the last time they drafted one? I bet you could guess this one. You probably can. I'll give you a hint. He was on our team last year, and everybody pitched a fit about it. Sammy Watkins in 2014. Does he have anything to do with their success? No, he does not. You know, the Patriots, all those many, 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 many years of success. Do you know how many times in that reign of terror they drafted a wide receiver in the first round? Once. You know who it was? It was Nikhil freaking Harry. That's it. That's the only first-round receiver that they drafted in that massive dynasty of theirs. And it was at the end of their dynasty, and he sucks. But nobody knows this. It's, it's, in my opinion, it's not that they know this and they're, they're just choosing to pick on the Packers. I just think that it's, it's a lazy narrative that somebody came up with. They heard it, and they're like, oh, wow. Because that's what people do. If, when somebody says something like, the Packers have not drafted a first-round receiver since whatever year it was, right? And and so they're not giving Aaron Rodgers the weapons he needs. People go, oh, wow. Rather than looking into it and, and developing any context and trying to really understand the issue. Did the Buccaneers draft a wide receiver in the first round for Tom Brady? 
No. I mean, they had Mike Evans, who was a first-round pick from 2014, who was the last time they took a first-round wide receiver. Time before that was 2004, and the time before that was 1997. This is this is another thing that people don't seem to want to think about. How often do you think the Packers should draft a wide receiver? Like, if, if the number was, let's say, 10 years. Like, do they haven't done it in 10 years? And you think, 10 years, man, oh, oh, man, that's a long time ago. Well, there's only one draft a year. And you typically only get one pick in the first round, so we're talking about 10 picks, right? Why does there have to be a wide receiver in the last 10 picks? Could be offensive lineman, could be quarterback, could be tight end, defensive tackle, edge rusher, linebacker, corner, safety. Like, there's a lot of other positions you could select. Granted, you would expect a wide receiver in that time, just statistically, but it doesn't have... We act as though, like, well, that, that this is such a massive statistical anomaly that there must be some kind of vindictive nature behind it. It's not the case at all. And that and by the way, all these teams I went through who very rarely draft wide receivers in the first round, it doesn't even point out one of two other really important po- points. Number one, the amount of first-round picks that sucked, which we did talk about with Nikhil Harry, or the amount of first-round picks that did not do anything to help their team. How about we go back and look at all the terrible wide, uh, terrible teams and see how many first-round picks they've taken? Remember Kevin White for the Chicago Bears? Should they be praised for that because they took one? By the way, that was 2015, so that was still like eight years ago. So I don't know if that's like a good thing or a bad thing. And, and before that, the last time they took one was uh, 2001. So in the last 20, uh, 22 years, they've drafted two. So, and, and this is a team that has not really had super dominant wide receivers. I mean, occasionally they have, Brandon Marshall and whatnot, but not to the level of the Packers where there's really never been a year where we didn't have wide receivers. So yeah, I, once again, I just chalk it up to laziness. I just think that, um, again, there are just these narratives that float around and people just run with it. And, um, you know, I, I don't, well, whatever. I've, I've talked about it before. Hey, Ryan, Nate calling in. Um, first, had to say, Thomas Austin, what the f- man? Placenta, really? Okay, um, but moving on past that, um, I, I think Thomas Austin, you, I love listening to him, but somebody needs to just like shovel some Ritalin or Adderall down that dude's throat. You got you got some <laughs> severe ADHD going on over there. Um, but then my other comment I wanted to say is, uh, you were talking about how much you love summer from the smell of bug spray. Mm-hmm. I am going to give a hot take. Summer is the most overrated um, no. season of all time. Because, yeah, it's it's great. It's it's cool if you're by the beach, but the rest of the summer kind of sucks. It's hot. There's bugs. Sunburn. You know, it's th- there's a lot bad about it that we always forget about. So I'm more of a fall guy myself. So go pick up. I always used to be all about fall and spring. Spring is great because it's like, you know, you feel the sun again and it's nice and it's still cool and temperate and the same with like uh, fall and all that. I have become in the last like two years a summer guy just because of my hatred of the cold. I have become so anti-winter and anti-cold that I want it to just be hot all the time. It was I, I forgot what it was like two years ago or something. Not not this past year for whatever reason it wasn't quite as successful, but... um. Dude, I would I would go outside. It was about a hundred degrees, and I'd go walk around, and I freaking loved it. It was miserable. You can't breathe, but I just loved it because in my brain, I was in Florida. I was transported away from this hellish winter nightmare, and it was like I was so just depleted and and just wrecked from the winter that the heat just I don't know. It it just felt like I was kicking snow in the nuts over and over again. Like yeah, suck on that freaking cold idiot losers so yeah i enjoyed it and and that's the thing like it you know yes there is a much more comfortable feel outside when it's 70 than when it's 90 but it's just you know summer's just when it goes down man it might not be quite as comfortable but that's when all the grilling the barbecue and that's when vacations are going on you know again be and sunburn dudes you don't ever get sunburn unless something awesome happens granted when i was landscaping occasionally but even landscaping i didn't really get sunburn all that much just because your skin, just you just turn into like that Mexican brown color, and you don't really burn. You just get darker brown, you know? Outside 15 hours, there's no sunburn out there. You're just hot and sweating. You got like, you know, dirt kind of covering you up a little bit. No, sunburn is, I have been inside for a long time, and now I have gone outside. And I'm outside for a very long time. Why? Because something awesome is happening. 
So yeah, I am I have not even cracked 40 yet and I'm ready to be a snowbird, man. I'm I'm out of here. I can't freaking I hate the winter. I hate the cold with a freaking passion. To my bones I hate it. And again, I used to love like fall cuz it's like, "Oh man, you can feel that coolness in the air and I kind of like it." And you know, it's like football and you know, like you maybe see a snowflake. It's like, "Oh, look, it's snowflake." I hate fall. For the same reason that I used to hate Sundays when I was a kid because it just meant that I have to go to school tomorrow. Oh, don't you like Sundays? You get the day off. No, I hate it. Because all I can think about is the fact that I have to go to school tomorrow and that the weekend is almost over. Hate Sundays because it reminds me of Mondays. I hate fall because it, I realize that the heat is gone and the cold is coming and I'm going to be stuck with it for half the freaking year. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Hey, Ryan. Hi. So I was hearing you ask very politely, not for me to talk about any more free agents. Yeah. So to respect your wishes, I'm going to talk about free agents. Okay. All right. So, QB, are there any right now that could just be brought in to help? No. To be there? No. Or be square? Not one. Or... Nope. Or. Nope. Or. I said no, Tom. I said no. I said no. Hey, Pat Daddy. Hey. Just listening to the Pollen show, like always. Thomas Austin had a theme song question. Uh, I got the perfect one. The hip hop head. So it's going to be Kevin Gates, big gangster. I know. I think it's ridiculous, but I only get excited when the pack touch down. So, talk to you later. What? <laughs> All right, yeah, I, I got to see what this is now because I don't, I don't know what's going on. Sold on to see what it do. All right, let's see. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. All right. All right. What? A hundred of them just sold on. What? Hey, look, tell me to bring me my pink phone, you A hundred of them just ordered up. I'm a big gangster. Oh, no. I turn around with that foreign love. Cocaine, a slang, or a hundred of them just ordered up. Surrounded by the angels. Diamonds on when I'm talking love. She won't be my little baby. But I'm afraid to fall in love. She say I only get excited when the pack touchdown. Pray that we don't get excited in the trap. There it is. Now I got to go back and figure out which of those words need to be bleeped out because i don't i don't know what he said but pack touchdown i got it i get it i got it but i think i caught one b word and one n word in there but i don't know i might miss a couple we'll see i don't know but all right joke landed eventually hey friends this is like a call-in live reaction i should probably let my thoughts but the uh, theme song thing we're on now, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers. I got a theme song for Goody when he thinks about Aaron Rodgers. It's from our friend Eminem. It's a song called Puke. Okay. Bye. I'm not going to go find that one. I think we I think we get the idea. Hey, y'all. This is Dakota, that nerd in Tennessee. What uh, so Thomas Austin, I believe, just asked about what song. There we uh, go. Here we go. We're off and running now. To the new Packers. Yeah. Uh, and my, or after he he specifically said, what song should be our song? Okay. After Rogers left. So my first exact exactly what you do, Ryan. I, I do the same thing. You know, something just clicks in my mind and it connects two things, and then generally it's either a song or a movie quote or. You know, something that my daddy said when, you know, one of his famous little sayings growing up. You know, something pops into my head. The exact thing, and this is going to make no sense to anybody else but me. The exact thing that popped into my head when he said after Rogers left was that Jimmy Neutron movie where all the parents got abducted by aliens. And that particular scene... Where all the kids get to have all the fun. You got Sheen peeing in the shower and whatever else is happening. And the song, We're the Kids in America by Kim Wilde. Well, I think somebody else sang it for that particular movie, but a bunch of kids sang it. But it's originally by Kim Wilde, 
Wildy? I don't know. However you say her last name. Uh, Kids in America. And that's it. It tickles me a little bit. You know, we got a team full of babies, a team full of young folks. So, uh, I don't know. I had to share it with somebody. (laughs) All right. Y'all. I do want to hear Zach Wilde do uh, We're the Kids in America. I think that'd be kind of funny. But yeah, no, I, it, it's funny listening to you describe it because, like you said, I nobody else is going to get that, but I can I can see those connections being made, and it's like, yep, that's that's what it sounds like. That's exactly how that works. That's why when my wife asked, where did that come from, I just go, I don't know. I couldn't tell you, to be honest. Hey, Ryan. Uh, just finished listening to the last, uh, last two Packer Night After Darts. And the uh, inundation of Thomas Austin calls mm-hmm. uh, made me chuck my phone down the freaking street. I'm sorry about that. Holy cow. <laughs> it really makes me miss Joe Legander, Steve from Alaska, Omar. Man, I miss all those guys. we got to get the, the Dundies thing going here. I'm slacking on that. I will do it. Maybe I'll do it tonight. Probably not. Maybe I'll do it tonight. We'll see. Nothing against Thomas Austin. No. But I think you maybe need to have your own podcast show just for Thomas Austin. Thomas Austin show. And give us the option Live on to, Spotify. Uh, listen to it or not. Just a thought. Just a thought. Uh, getting back to real 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 stuff. Uh items of real world topic of conversation. Did you guys know I tried out for the real world one time? I think it was a real world. I don't know. But they came to Madison. <laughs> I probably told the story already. They came to Madison, and a couple friends of mine, <clears throat> Bax G's, I don't know if you're listening, but uh, Baxter was there. That's, uh, by the way, the, the GM, Brian Gutekunst, when he calls in once in a while, he reminds me of Baxter, let's just say that. Um, and then uh, T-Rob. Obviously, these are very college-sounding names, but we decided we were going to go try out because why not? We were in Madison. We were going to school at Whitewater, but T-Rob goes to Madison, so we went up and visited him, whatever. And, um, yeah, so we, we got a... What the heck was that we got a bottle of? Something that we didn't usually drink, but kind of a foofy thing, like Fireball or something, I think it was. It's one of those things you just drink right out of the bottle, although we used to do that with Everclear, so that doesn't really clear things up. But anyways, we passed it around till it was gone. Then we drove to some warehouse in the middle of nowhere, Seriously, it was like an abandoned warehouse, and we sat at this table with a bunch of other teenagers, and uh, they just started asking these pretty laid-back questions. And I'm, as time goes on, I forget more and more of the stuff that happened there. I don't know if Baxter remembers. Maybe you can call in, but it was a bunch of tomfoolery, and I remember at one point declaring, well, I guess I'm not getting this. And then uh, we drove out of there, got pulled over, were kind of freaked out, and our driver, who happened to have been T-Rob, decides he's just going to get out of the car and run. So he just took off. Cop didn't even try to chase him. Me and Baxter still just sitting in the car. And he comes up and we're just like, what's up, officer? He asked if we knew who that guy was. We said, no, he's just giving us a ride. He made us walk. And that was one of uh, two or three different times when we got lost in Madison walking, freezing to death. Good times. What were we talking about? Um, how many how many former players are the Jets going to freaking sign? Are they going to... Uh bring all of Roger's former girlfriends on for the cheerleading squad? Maybe. Uh, just uh, Malik Taylor? Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> Are you freaking kidding me? Alright, I'm out. I don't know, man. It's like that article was saying um, Rogers just feels more comfortable, I guess, you know? Feels more in his element when he's got his guys with him. And um, I, I again, I, I guess I kind of get it if you want the best from Rodgers and Rodgers is like, hey, this is how you get the best from me, is by putting people around me that I'm comfortable with, fine. But again, it just feels like you're setting a ceiling. You can't sit here and talk about how we're going to give him a better team and then go build the exact same team somewhere else with different coaches and expect a much better result. But I don't know, man. I don't have to worry about it. They seem to think it's fine. I'm, I'm sure they're, they're operating with the uh, assumption that everybody operated with when he was here and that is as long as Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback you got a shot and all this other stuff wide receivers and everything doesn't matter unless of course we feel like picking on the Packers for not getting them wide receivers then Rodgers becomes inept and he can't do anything with wide receivers it just depends what the narrative is that we're running with um not necessarily any sort of consistent coherent actual belief 
I will give props to Thomas Austin for bringing up the topic of uh, special caller uh, awards. Yeah. And maybe I should do that about it. I I really do like the sound of the pack daddies. The daddies. Um, it's kind of weird. I, mean, I really was inspired by you know Michael Scott's awards, you know, and uh, the Dundies. So the pack daddies. I think have a nice ring to them. So uh, get on it, Ryan. I think that's uh, a winner. I'm out. Yeah, I'm going to uh, work on that with the robot. We'll see how that goes as far as coming up with the uh, the awards and um, can distribute them, you know, after the voting is in. Well, the first thing we need are the categories, which I know you guys have called in with a couple already. Then I'm going to have to put together some kind of voting thing. It's all. It, it it may have to be right in. Otherwise, I'm gonna have to go back and physically put in every single caller for you to vote on. And I don't think I want to do that. So you're just gonna have to know the callers, which makes sense. If you don't know them, then I guess it doesn't make sense for you to vote for them. Or maybe we could have some kind of like a nomination thing. I don't know. I don't know, man. Figure it out, man. We'll figure it out. Hey, Ryan, it's Nick Collin. Hey. Um, had to call in because. Uh, I was talking with the same group who had that uh, Jurassic Park horror movie debate, um, and I was letting them know that like the majority, I would say, of people from your show had also agreed with me that it is not a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I also um, figured out a way to at least get them to come a little bit more to my side. A couple of them actually turned their... Uh, turned their responses around and then they agreed with me. Okay. And it's an effect that I am going to call the seat scale. So a horror movie or a good horror movie is supposed to scare you, right? Sure. So it's going to push you further in the back of your seat. You're going to be trying to get away. You know, you're trying, you're looking away. You're you're tucked in the back of your seat. You're terrified. While what does Jurassic Park do? Are you are you pushing back in your seat? No, it has you on the edge of your seat. Good movies like that will will keep you on the edge of your seat, but a good horror movie does the opposite. That's uh, that's kind of my argument. So Jurassic Park doesn't do that. Um, same with a, a lot of other movies that we could probably sit here and debate about. Um, you know, like Silence of the Lambs. Um, you, but that's not a horror movie. I initially said, yeah, it is a horror movie, but now I'm like, I maybe it's not because that one kept me closer to the edge of my seat right? than yeah. back in it. It's that thriller well, movies thing. like Hereditary. And Midsommar, um, two of the scariest horror movies in recent years that I've seen, both push me to the back of the seat. So let me know what you think. Um, I guess other people, anybody who got in on the debate with us, uh, do you agree with the, my seat scale theory? There I go. I think it's as good as anything else we come up with. Um, I, I do s- still think I've come to the idea that it's somewhat subjective. Because um, another way, cause for example... Some people would be terrified at Jurassic Park and probably would be like hiding under the covers and everything else. The the other way to kind of look at that would be, is it one of those things where you're watching it alone in the basement, in the dark, and you want to turn the lights on because you're freaking out. Or you hear a noise and it's like, oh, what was that? Jurassic Park is never going to do that to me. I'm not scared that there's a dinosaur under my bed. You know what I mean? Um, same with Silence of the Lambs. It, it's more of a psychological... Like, I'm, I'm not scared that there's a murderer uh a, a cannibal that's going to eat me somewhere it doesn't give me that sense at all there's there's no horror that lingers that makes me like start to vis- see things like oh, oh, oh what was that you know you start to see shadows that look like demons or something crazy it just doesn't do that it doesn't give me that feeling at all but maybe there are some people that it does and they're freaked out and they're terrified of dinosaurs lurking around the corner or something. I don't know. Um, they want to turn the lights on because they're scared of Jurassic Park. Then then maybe for you that is a horror. But I do think there should be some kind of an objective scale. But I, I don't know. I, I also think it's one of those where, you know, it, it can have one of multi, or multiple of mo, mo, multiple things. So you kind of put together one of those... Um, you know, one of those lists where you check the boxes and if there's like more than seven then it's a horror movie or something i don't know i don't know man but in in my opinion those are not but but at the same time even like these movies that um 
Omar sent me. To, to me, these are not horror movies. These are goofy slasher movies. But that potentially is some kind of a subgenre of horror, whereas I'm just thinking of one specific other subgenre of horror that I'm deeming as like the only kind of horror. I don't know. But again, it is somewhat subjective. And in my subjective sense, if it doesn't scare me, it's not horror. And um, Jurassic Park is not scary. Neither is um, Seven or Silence of the Lambs. So in my book, those are not horror movies. Anyways, why don't we go ahead and take a break and we'll come back and take some more calls. How's that sound? Good? Great. See you then. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, hey, this is Dakota in there in Tennessee. Uh, so once again, Thomas Austin has said something that made me want to say something. <laughs> Actually, made me want to say a couple things. That's a good uh, thing. First of all, brother. My God, we all love you, Thomas. But there's like 152,000 calls that we're trying to get to. <laughs> and you got like a uh, five-minute call somehow asking questions. But uh, yeah, my God, love you, dude. But I'm just going to leave it there with you. Uh, but to, to answer the question that you just asked about what is my favorite month. So, Brian. You like all of them between May and July, I guess. I hate those months. Well, I you're can't in Tennessee. Stand those months. Yeah. First of all, I'm white as all get out. And I got a bunch of Irish in me. I burn yep. so freaking quickly. I got to pay attention all the time. I, I work outside, so I got to be careful. And then I'm in pain at the beginning of the summer all the time. It's, it's unfortunate. Also, I'm down here in Tennessee. In Memphis, at a wetland park, the yeah. mosquitoes here are horrendous. They're hateful. They're stupid. <laughs> they're, hateful. they're all over the place. <laughs> and they're almost here year-round. Yep. Uh, then we got the fact that I am a state park ranger. And uh, that means that it is my duty mm-hmm. to keep you fine people safe, happy, and at times entertained. During the supposed to be, or the supposedly the fun time of the year, the summer time of the year, right? So I'm working overtime. That's my busy season. While y'all out there having a nice Memorial Day, mm-hmm. I'm out there making sure bears ain't coming up and taking your food from Well, I'm in West Tennessee, ain't no bears. But still, point is, that's what I do. 
So, yeah, May through July is, is, is a no-go for me. It's going to be October. Love it. Chill in the air. I like to chill. I don't like to breathe it. But uh, October in, in Tennessee ain't bad. I'm fond of it. All right. I'll let you be. That. I get it, man. I mean, again, if I was if I was living in Florida, I probably would hate it, you know, being summertime and all that. But I just I'm just getting to the point where I just hate winter so much, so much. I don't like it. It hurts real bad. You never want to go outside. It's dark all the time. It's dark. Now I understand everybody's got to deal with that, right? Maybe not quite as much, or you got more if you're north of me or whatever. However, that all works out. But um, I, I have to assume that nice out and dark is not nearly as bad like it's oh it's it's like 60 and it's a little bit more dark i don't freaking care it's 60 degrees dude but if it's like dark all the time and it's cold like it's negative five and it's windy and everything hurts and it's everything's slippery and wet and stinks and stupid and it's you never see the sun ever, and even when it's out barely, you can't even feel it. It's too far away. I can't feel it. It's cold. It's just a bright thing doing nothing. It's like the light bulb in the walk-in freezer. It doesn't do anything. And I'm sure whenever I get old and stupid and end up moving down south, I'll probably not like summer as much. But I like it because it just feels as far away from the cold as possible. Even you know, spring is like thawing out. Fall is winter's coming. Summer is just its own thing. Like we're so far away. I, I just I, I live in Florida. That's what I that's where it is. Like I can't I don't know where the ocean is, but it's around here somewhere. Tucker crap, Tom Austin. I had to fast forward through your stupid favorite month of the year question. Three times and I still didn't get to the end of it. Stop! <laughs> I don't, I, I don't know if I was supposed to bleep that or what. It sounds like Tucker Craft. I don't know. I have to call and apologize for taking thy tightest Lord's name in vain. I apologize. It does sound like a good swear word, doesn't it? It's not bad. Tucker Craft! It's not bad. I could get into that. You know what I mean? A little, little, little code language for the podcast. They did. Uh... You brought up John Muirdank earlier. Um, I just finished the pod for the day, and then it auto-played the Blue 58. And it's funny enough that John has the um, the creator of the RAS scores on today on his pod, so it's actually quite interesting. So you might want to check that out. Nice. Um, I don't know what day it is. Thursday today. Obviously, you have the date on the call, so... Totally get, brought you to water. You can drink it if you want, bud. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, it's uh, that's an interest. It's from a week ago or so, so I'll have to check that out for sure. But um, he's a good dude. The the guy that uh, created the RAS. I've talked to him a couple times. Never had him on the podcast, but he's a good dude. Hey Ryan, this is Trucker Bob. Trucker Bob. I've been home all week working on the garden, seeing the dentist. Uh, I had two teeth pulled. Um, the caps I had, or the crowns, they got rotted underneath, so they had to take the caps off and pull them out. Uh, maybe I'll get some new teeth later. Anyways, I wanted to back up your part about Aaron Rodgers. Was Aaron Rodgers a great quarterback? Yes, he was. Yep. He was a wonderfully great quarterback. However, let's take a look at how he did in the playoffs. Okay. Since the Super Bowl game in 2011, there were nine games total in which the games won or lost in the fourth quarter. Two games were blowouts, so it's seven. And what, how good did Rodgers do in the fourth quarter for Green Bay? In the Super Bowl game, he outscored Ross was Berger, 10 points to 8. However, after that, everything changes. Against the Giants, Manny put 17 points on the board, and Rodgers Packers, 7. In, against San Francisco, 2013, Kaepernick and Roger were 10 each. 2014, in the fourth quarter, Wilson scored 15, and Rodgers led the two field goal drives. 
for six. Plus, Wilson got seven points in the overtime. 2015, Carson Palmer outscored Rodgers 10-6. to 2016, Ryan outscored Rodgers 7-6, but that game was a blowout by then. 2019, Green Bay, Rodgers finally outscored the quarterback 13-3, but that game was already a blowout, so it didn't do us much good. In 2020, when we really needed the points in the fourth quarter, it was Brady 3, Rodgers 3, and in 2021, of course, San Francisco scored 10 in the fourth quarter and Rodgers 3. The total for those nine games were 13 field goals and three touchdowns. If Green Bay had reversed that and had 13 touchdowns to three field goals, we would have been to the Super Bowl at least two more times and two more times to conference championship games. The bottom line is Rodgers was a lousy third quarter, fourth quarter quarterback in the playoffs. Anyways, you have a good one. You can chew on that. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely times when Rodgers was let down by the team. You know, the defense has collapsed. I, I, I will never forget 2009. It was just a completely devastating situation. I think the team was ready to rock and roll. Um, but, man, oh, man, the defense just kept giving it away. And that's, that's you know, more than once that it happened. But, um, you know, we, we also have to acknowledge that there were situations where Rodgers was not the guy we needed him to be. Right, I mean, we already went over it, especially more recently, even in seasons where Rodgers was very good, or even in seasons where the guy won MVP. Um, when it came down to it, what what we really need? I mean, would we rather have ten wins but have Rodgers at his best in the in the postseason? Of course, but instead we get you know regular season Rodgers just tearing it up, and then postseason things kind of drift off. And it wasn't just him; it was other guys as well. But um, yeah, I just it just it, it it wasn't good enough. You know, he turned into Jimmy Garoppolo in the postseason where he was, you know, a quarterback, but was he pulling out all the magic, hitting those fadeaway jumpers to the guy 40 yards down the field, you know, that beautiful throw like to uh Jeff Janis, the beautiful sideline throw to Jared Cook. You know, I mean, you, you see that magic once in a while, but I just I feel like that magic has been kind of gone lately you know of course there's a couple good throws but freaking ask bears fans about it they've got a 20 minute video out there of him just throwing dimes so if you can put together eight seconds of rogers throwing a a nice pass i don't think i'm super impressed by that you know what i mean it just wasn't the magic we needed and it's tough man i mean there's there's more to being a great quarterback than i mean there's a lot of inconsistent quarterbacks i mean kirk cousins is famous for this the guy is is i think he's an incredible 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 quarterback except for the times where he is just a complete joke. And unfortunately, he has a habit of being a complete joke at the exact worst times, and everybody's ready to move on. I mean, it, it almost seems absurd when you see Kirk Cousins at his best and how elite this offense is with him at the helm. Why would you want to move away from that and go into something unknown? But it's really just because you know that you're never going to get where you need to be. He's just not good enough. He's way too inconsistent. And um, to some degree, that's what we had with Rodgers. And it was hard for a lot of people to voice that, Packer fans as well as national media people and everything else, because his name is still Aaron Rodgers, right? So, you, I mean, you can't say that. It's Aaron freaking Rodgers, dude. But it is what it is. The numbers are the numbers. The stats are the stats. The grades are the grades. It's all sitting right there in black and white for anybody that wants to look at it to look at it. I think 2021, he was great in the playoffs when we lost. Aside from that, the last five years, six years, he has not been a major contributor to our success in our postseason losses. He was one of the, I don't want to say liabilities, but he was just another guy. And, you know, I mean, that's that's going to happen. You can't expect perfection from everybody, but at the same time, when you're getting paid as much as you're getting paid to be the most important person on the team, and there is a consistent pattern of just not putting out what we need when we need it, um, yeah, I don't know. But... We're trying something new. We're going in a new direction, and we'll see how that pans out. Hey, Ryan. This is Trucker Bob again. I just want to compare the difference in Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks and Aaron Rodgers. Um, 
I stated earlier that Aaron Rodgers in fourth quarters of playoff games, including the Super Bowl year, in the fourth quarter took the Packers down for 13 field goals and three touchdowns. If you don't include the Super Bowl year, you're talking about 12 field goals and just two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Let's take a look at the winning Super Bowl quarterbacks. In 2019, Brady, the game was tied going into the fourth quarter. He put 10 points on the board, and they won the Super Bowl. In 2020, Mahomes was behind against San Francisco. Three touchdowns, 21-0, to and they won the game. 2021, Brady had a big lead. And so it was 0-0 between the two quarterbacks in the fourth quarter. In 2022, Stafford, the Rams were behind, and Stafford took them down for the game-winning touchdown and outscored the other team 7-zip. In 2023, Mahomes, they were behind going into the fourth quarter against the Eagles, led them to 17 points to eight. In other words... Winning playoff games, the team that had the quarterback in the fourth quarter that could bring his team down to score were the winners. Just Mahomes alone in the last five years in the fourth quarter of every playoff game, the final playoff game, whether they win or lost, Mahomes scored eight touchdowns to three field goals. Compared to Rodgers in nine games, were 13 field goals and only three tees, three touchdowns. That means when it really came down to where the rubber meets the road, Rodgers failed to score touchdowns for the Packers and to win games in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean it. I mean, you, you did your own research. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to go as quick as I can to catch up with you and look at some of these stats myself. Um, you know, obviously people can kind of pull out their own. Well, you know, look what the defense or this or the other, or the situation. It's it's tough, but you know, I'm I'm just looking at uh, postseason quarterbacks here. It was kind of funny. I went back to 2017 because that was kind of I feel like that's kind of the range where things just have not really been the same. Um, I know there's been a lot of turmoil but i mean that's you know part of the equation here but i've only got 30 quarterbacks that have at least 50 attempts in the postseason since 2017 which seems a lot lower than i guess i would have expected but i guess it kind of makes sense and i know you're primarily focusing on the quarters and i think i can get to that in a minute but i'm just curious about overall passing um completion percentage he's the third highest at 68.7 percent which is really high Kirk Cousins and Matt Stafford are the only ones higher which is also surprising lowest being Derek Carr and Andrew Luck which is also extremely surprising um touchdown percentage he's 11th interception percentage surprisingly he's 19th out of 30 which is really quite bad Passer rating, he is fourth. It's Brock Purdy, number one, then Stafford, then Mahomes, then Aaron Rodgers. Um, average net yards per attempt, or excuse me, adjusted net yards per attempt, he is sixth. And then fourth quarter comebacks, uh, there's nothing here, but only 10 had fourth quarter comebacks in the postseason. Trevor Lawrence, Case Keenum, Marcus Mariota, Jared Goff, Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott each had one. And then Brady, Foles, Stafford had two, Patrick Mahomes with three. It isn't listed as zero, but half of these guys don't even have zero, so I don't know if that means there wasn't an opportunity or what. And then game-winning drives led by the quarterback. Again, Aaron Rodgers, nothing here. 15 out of the 30 had at least one. And then uh, Burrow, Foles have two, Stafford three, Brady and Mahomes with four. Yeah, I can't find a good way to break down the quarters without just doing it manually would have been a good spot for sis but again we just lost that so hey ryan this is daniel from milwaukee um i just wanted to let you know about um um my thoughts on you know lucas van ness and rashawn gary pairing up in the near future um i was talking to my wife the other day after the draft about how rashawn and lucas van ness are very um, similar in their measurables. And I'm like, 
I'm like, I told her, I'm like, dude, if Rashad gets his hands on Lucas Ness and like molds him into what, like his work ethic and yeah. um, the hand technique that he uses, uh, the trainer, because I follow Rashad Gary on Instagram, uh, he has his trainer yep. that he works with. If he gets him in touch with, you know, his guy to like get him working um, on the technique that he does not have. Like God, he's he's gonna be a beast, and you know, lo and behold, um, I got on the Packers uh, um, Facebook profile, and I was looking at the the rookies arriving at the mini camp, um, and I scrolled down and seen uh, Lucas Van Ness at his locker, and <laughs> Rashawn Gary is right to the uh, to the right of the photo, yeah. like talking to Lucas. It's just so funny because like. Me having that thought thought a week ago, like telling my wife about that, and then like seeing Rashawn in the photo, it's yeah. like, dude, like Rashawn is just a worker, and I'm just excited to have, you know, Lucas being up under his wing and and learning from him. Well, that's all I had to say. So, all right, bye. Go back, go. Yeah, and that's that's part of what I mean as far as like the culture, and it, and it, you know, it doesn't even need to necessarily be like every single person just huddled up. And I mean, th- there is sort of this team thing, but there's also just, you know, as you break away, you know, obviously the, the Rashawn Gary isn't necessarily going to influence the wide receivers as much as, I mean, I don't, we don't even, that's a bad example. I, Christian Watson, I guess. I don't, Romeo Dobbs would be a good example, I guess. <clears throat> um, there is There is a team culture, but also in terms of, you know, when you segment off, when you're just with the other group of pass rushers, defensive linemen, whatever, however that that pairs off, that the defense as a whole, you know, as you come in, it's kind of a feeling out process. Anytime you start a new job, it's like, what what's the vibe here? Like, are we super serious? Is it kind of laid back? Are we like, what what's the deal? And um, you know, getting together with a group of guys, first of all, very young, your age, um, and just hungry, like in the same phase of life. There, it's not. You know, like Clay Matthews and Nick Perry, where it's like, I don't know, dude, freaking, I'm here just running out the clock, bro. Like, freaking figure it out because we're trying to do stuff and I'm tired of sucking. And, like, it's all just transport me to the Super Bowl because that's the only thing that matters. Everything else, I'm freaking tired of this. It's young, hungry guys that are just dedicated, you know, beyond dedicated. And you're right. I, I think he needs to plug in. I think, you know, assuming you're right, or I don't even know if this is what you're necessarily saying, he's to the right of him in the photo, but if they put Lucas Van Ness's locker right next to Rashawn Gary, that's brilliant. If they didn't, that was stupid. <laughs> There's only two options. But he he does need to sort of have that mentality and to just be like, let's let's go get this thing, you know? And nothing, not that it would necessarily matter, but nothing would make me happier than to find out that Lucas Van Ness signed up to, uh, you know, do some coaching with Rashawn Gary's guy and, and they go out and do that stuff together in the off season or whatever, that would be freaking awesome. You know, cause we talk about the young guys coming up together, but we're always talking about the wide receivers and Jordan love. What about Rashawn and Lucas Van Ness? What about Stokes and Jair, you know, and Devonte Wyatt? It'd be pretty cool if these guys were, were, um, attached at the hip with just the, the goal of just being the most dominant wrecking ball force in the NFL. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. Hey. What's up, man? It's Joe. Hey, Joe. The janitor. The janitor. From Connecticut. From Connecticut. How's it going, bud? Good, man. How are you? Oh, so, um... Good. Obviously, I listen to the podcast, but, uh... I wanted to touch on uh, something that Thomas Austin said. All right. Um, seems to be a theme today. So, he... You used the word, uh... That Joe the janitor was a, a sus. Person. Right. And uh, according to like teen language, I had no. To be fair, I didn't say you were sus. I'm just saying I get a lot of comments for some reason of people saying that they're unsure that your story is genuine. I didn't say it. I'm just, I, I, you know, I'm just saying this is, uh, is the rumors going around. So don't get mad at me, Joe. Get mad at every other person in the in the human race except me. Idea what that meant. So. um... Yeah, I had to I had to look it up, yeah. and it apparently means a suspect. Suspicious. And, um, Sus- now, I'll tell you one thing. I've been suspect to many crimes. Um, 
Uh, none of them. I was guilty. Yeah. But to, I, I, I'm not suspect of being a janitor. Um, Joe's janitor title is going to stand for now, even though I did lose my janitorial job at the local movie theater due to my, uh, my, uh, when I had to go away for a little bit. But, um, you know, I'm currently, um, taking feelers on any other janitorial jobs, but for now I'm going to hold the title as janitor and I'm not sus. And, uh, (laughs) I'm really Joe from Connecticut. So, um... It's a new t-shirt. I am not sus. Yeah, that's all I wanted to say for now. Shalom. Shalom. I'm serious about that. That'd be a sweet t-shirt. I am not sus. Because obviously the t-shirt in and of itself would be somewhat ironic in the fact that it is sus because you because you say you're not. I should stop saying sus. I feel like a freaking idiot. Hang up the phone! Prank caller! Prank caller! Oh, wait a minute. It's Thomas Austin. Hang up anyways. Perfect timing. Thomas, what's up, man? May 5th, hey. 2013. I'm in the midst of listening to last night's After Dark mm-hmm. episode. You are currently discussing how everybody outside the Packer fans and even Packer fans are saying the same thing. And quite frankly, what it boils down to is that a lot of people, Rogers fans, and it's okay. They listen. You could have been a Packers fan. Rogers comes along. You become a Rogers fan. You take it with them. He takes you. Yeah. You're right. You okay? You Rogers over Packers. You just and then there's a lot of people who take themselves over the Packers. So they hear people trying to say some stuff, and they want to not like either a feel like they're left out, so they're all like, oh, yeah, they're, uh, the Packers, you know, they're my favorite team, but, ah, uh, they're going to be awful. You, you got people who don't want to, like, be confrontational with others, so then they start talking right. to yourself. And what happens a lot of times is when it's, a, like, a perceived thing. If you keep telling yourself, like, oh, man, I'm bad, I'll never do, I'm never going to be anything worth anything, then your brain triggers your brain to think that. It's a weird psychology thing. The more you talk uh, negative, the more negative your life will become. And so, a lot of people have been doom and gloom about these past couple of years because of the whole Rogers situation, but it's also because, you know, 3-13 get to the playoffs. Looks like it could be a year. No. 13-3 and before you even get a chance. No. Just stomp it out. So, a lot of people, I feel like, are now just kind of wanting to have themselves win so that way, it's like, well, the Rod, the Packers are going to be trash, but I'll still support them. But they're going to be awful, and so that way, if they are awful, it's it's a it's a win win right. situation for them because they'll be like, oh, that's what I was expecting. Right. My brain's all over the place. Mornings are wild. I get what brain. you're saying. Anyway, uh, it's a win win in the fact of then on the you. other side, you know, if the Packers do good and they're wrong. Well, then the Packers are doing good. So it's it's a way that they can kind of be like, oh, I was always right, you know, and or I was always gonna win, and that's the opposite fact for people who are hopeful and people who are energetic and people who are wanting to, their team to be good, like some people, not naming any names myself, and it's just so stupid. People are so stupid. I'm also stupid, but like in a different way, you know. Mm-hmm. No, I get what you're saying, you're, you, I, and I do think there's a lot of that with some of the negative people. Part of it is just nothing's ever good enough, and part of it is just hedging your bets, you know. Um, you piss and moan and complain constantly, and um, if things go as you said, you go, see, I told you, I'm smart, and if it doesn't, then, oh well, it's fine, because, um, you know, who cares? Packers won, you know. I was glad to be wrong. Yeah, and so it... it it really is, it's kind of weird because as much as a lot of them try to portray themselves as sort of tough guys in the way that they talk and, you know, real a lot of bravado, I think a lot of it has to do with, like, protecting their emotions. They're so emotionally attached to this team and they get so emotionally distraught by a loss that it's easier to hedge their bets and drop their own expectations by trashing their own team so that if the team loses, it doesn't hurt as bad. 
But if the team wins, then they get to be excited, and the only thing they have to do is say, well, I guess I'm glad to be wrong, but... And then, of course, nothing's ever good enough until they win the Super Bowl, and then who cares? Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I guess I was wrong. Oh, well. All right, let's do one more. Thomas, take us home, man. There's three things about packing it after dark. There are three rules that every person must abide by. Okay. Rule number one is never honestly expect that that's your last call. Right. That's rule number one. That's never expect that is your last call. Because it won't be your last call. You'll call five more times. Yep. It's just the nature of how we work. Rule number two. I learned this one the hard way. And I continue to learn it. Rule number two is let the episode finish <laughs> before you make phone calls. Right. Because... Lo and behold, pretty much everything I just said, you said in a better way. After I said it, my last call. You, you touched upon it, you expand upon it, and yeah, that, that's, yeah. <clears throat> and rule number three. You can only ever truly be depressed, or you can only ever be truly foolishly excited. That's it. You can only pick one of those two things in the Packinet podcast. It's either everything's doom and gloom or it's the sunniest day it's ever been. Hopefully with some clouds. Me and the sun, we don't get along. I can real good, but I only being on the sun. All right, bye. All right. Yeah, sounds good. Fair enough. I like it. Rules to live by. That'll take us out of here. You guys have a good rest of your night. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.